Podcast. 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 Are we saying podcast? Welcome back, everyone, to Two Fanboys and a Filthy Casual. This is Lewis. This is Dennis. And this is Harold. This is the bad running joke that I keep doing, like when you don't record with you. <laughs> Crappy impression of the guy that's not here. <laughs> I'm <am> Dennis. <laughs> well, if you are listening to us today and you can tell already, we are short one fanboy. So it is just literally just two fanboys today. It's uh, Lewis and a Harold show today. Uh, Dennis has uh, more important things to do for this week, and he's got um, a nice little trip to get ready for, for I guess. So, yeah. More parts to him. So yeah, if you are, are one of our few faithful listeners, uh, welcome back. It is um, the talent and Lewis. So congratulations. Yeah, you get to hear some quality today, guys. Yep, it's uh, going to be good. Let's see how strong Harold's back is. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Hopefully he's just as good as Halo and he can carry <laughs> me to <through> this team. <laughs> All right. Well, H, uh, go ahead, dude. I know we have some poopery ready for today, uh, but uh, first off, we're going to start off with a little bit of somber news. Unfortunately, almost every episode this past month has kind of started off with a little bit of sad news and whatnot. So, um, yeah, uh, go ahead, uh, H, uh, take it away. Yeah, I just wanted to start out with uh, the unfortunate passing of probably one of the most uh, eclectic and unforgettable characters that has ever existed in this world and we are of course talking about uh the late great gilbert Gottfried. um another you know one of those guys that you everybody knows exactly what gilbert Gottfried sounds like he has the pretty much the most distinct voice ever like yeah there's a reason they made him the aflac duck is because when you hear Affleck, you hear it in his voice. And even to this day, even though the guy's been fired for like 20 years, it's still Gilbert Gottfried's Affleck. Um, My favorite memories of him, obviously, is if we, uh, for most people, it's going to be him as playing Iago in Aladdin. And then um, he was uh, also in some pretty funny, uh, great roles in a lot of movies. I always remembered him as the principal in a Problem Child series. But more than anything, there's a random cameo he made in Married to Children way back in the day where he was the stand-up comedian on a sinking uh, cruise ship. So he got stuck on the life preserver with Al, uh, Peggy, Marcy, and Jefferson. And he starts doing like really bad impressions. He takes two trays, puts them behind his ears, and says, I'm Mickey Mouse. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he does a fantastic Jerry Seinfeld impersonation. And it blows my mind every time I see it. Because it's like, uh, you know, you never expect another voice besides Gilbert Gottfried's voice coming out of his mouth. Yep. And then he does a very spot on Jerry Seinfeld. So um, for me, uh, recently, he's been in a lot of uh, stand-up specials. He was in uh, Bumping Mics with David Tell and Jeff Ross and... He was in that with his best friend, Bob Saget, who just passed away, you know, recently as well. And he has actually been pretty heartbroken about that passing. So it was like, you know, the older generation of comedians, unfortunately, you know, it's just it's just unfortunate timing that for some reason in 2022, we're losing a lot of uh, of big names. And um, he brought a lot of uh, joy to a lot of people's lives. And so I commend him for that. And I'm going to miss him. Absolutely, dude. Uh, it's a good point you brought up, dude. You're right. Actually, I never thought of it that way, but he has one of those freaking one of the most iconic voices. Uh, you know, it's a short list of people that you can tell who's talking just from a few uh, words. I mean, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Morgan Freeman, Tom Hanks. I mean, I can't really think of uh, any other th- any other folks who can pull it off. So, yeah, again, comedy, advertisement, pop culture lost. Uh, one of the giants, one of the classics. Yes, his, uh, you know, his resume is pretty sporadic and all over, but uh, you know, it's what his his turn as Iago obviously was a huge part in a lot of our childhood. So, uh, you know, prayers to his family and his friends and his, to his fan base and to all the people that he had made smile over the past uh, uh, many many years. So, um, yeah, uh, like Harold said, I mean, it's sad to see another uh, great comedian go, but. You know, hopefully he's uh, up in that big stand up in the sky now. So, yep. Uh, rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, sad to see him, but, you know, uh, happy that he was part of our lives. Did you ever see that viral video that he made uh, a couple of years ago um, regarding uh, this guy that lost the ability to speak? 
No, I don't. I don't remember, dude. I, I don't think I've seen that one. I gotta look that up. So was, there was this guy who, for some reason or another, it's probably explained in the video a little bit more. But he lost uh, the ability to to learn how to talk or to speak again, and the only way he was able to um, recapture like pronouncing words into doing all those things was watching a lot of Disney movies, and for some reason, the one Disney character that always got him to start talking was Iago and Aladdin. So he he was uh he went to do uh he was giving a uh, he was given an award and right when they were giving him the award they were having him recite lines from Aladdin and then somebody said you're doing it all wrong and it was Gilbert Gottfried and oh, the, kid, the guy starts crying and he's just like oh my god you mean, he's like he's like you have no idea how much you mean to me so it's like you know you see the dude. Where it's like his his obvious persona in stand up is like trying to be some kind of a mean guy, but at the same time, like he's a mean, dirty comic, but at the same time, you know, he's like a, a good person inside. So absolutely, that's, that's yeah. always great to hear. Is like his his, his private persona was a lot uh, softer and a, a better person than probably many of us could ever be. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know uh, comedy's hard obviously so you know kudos for him for having decades of a career and doing what it does best and um that actually sounds super sweet dude i, I gotta look up that uh that that video you're talking about i'm i'm sure uh, some tears will be shed for that one but uh yeah uh sad news uh sad for another uh again powerhouse in in comedy and pop culture um passing away but you know we'll, we'll keep him in our prayers and you know just enjoy the fact that he was in, in, even part of our lives um, so yeah, let's let's switch it up a little bit, I guess, for poopery uh, for a little bit more of a positive news in local news, I guess. Um, yeah, so for me for this week's poopery, I actually just wanted to give a quick shout out to our freaking lo- local chamber of commerce. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big, uh, you know, rah uh, rah kind of guy, but yeah, uh, this last weekend um, in Chatsworth, uh, what do you call it? The, the first ever Blockfest slash weekend con uh it's a fun it's a fun way to say it but you know a friend of the podcast and one of my personal favorite shops we can be heroes like hosted their own little comic con here in the neighborhood and i gotta admit it was probably one of the most fun uh events i've been to in the last uh, few years or year or so uh which i know uh, it's a little bar because you know obviously with quarantine it's not exactly uh hasn't exactly been popping off but you know for a free event outdoors lots of great vendors uh they had some like uh, a, a freaking wrestling ring in the middle of the street which unfortunately i'm sure it was like 100 degrees for those poor performers but they still like wrestled their butts off just to, to entertain a couple hundred people um they had like uh the great like i said great vendors some exhibitors some uh some people excuse me some some power rangers ernie Reyes jr was out there uh signing autographs as well as um yeah all sorts of uh like uh, fun little groups came out like uh, there, there was a ghostbusters uh booth as well as uh star star uh, star wars uh, cosplayers so yeah, for a, for a Saturday afternoon in April, I could not ask for any more. I think it was one of the uh, better events. So again, uh, I, I'm not what do you call it? I, I'm not. It's not a paid advertisement because obviously the <laughs> event's already passed. But um, if you were there, I'm sure you knew how fun it was. But if you weren't, you missed out. We're hoping, or you know, speaking to the comic book guys, uh, they're hoping it comes back again next year because as much work as they said it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, and you know, Harold has pulled off done events himself and my I, i've tried to do it too in the past and i know how hard these kind of things are so yeah kudos to them for pulling it off um support your local comic book stores and all your local vendors at all these fun events coming in the city uh so yeah dude um harold you were there uh wh- what did you think of that little block fest i thought it was for it was well done um the it, it was pretty much what they tried to want it to be was like a little comic convention. And I, I actually wasn't even thinking that it was going to be sort of like that, but it ended up being literally an outdoors comic convention. Um, the, um, the wrestling thing, we've been to comic conventions where they've had wrestling and that's always one of the biggest draws just because it's such a random thing to see in the middle of nowhere. totally. Like when we went to uh, LA comic con, not LA comic con, uh, the one in long beach, um, they had professional wrestling there too, and it was kind of fun. But this one, it's because it was by a local uh, wrestling promotion, 
which uh, apparently they do shows in L.A. all the time. They do shows in Chatsworth, I think, every other Friday or something. Um, I think the name of the company is PCW. I can't yes. remember what it stands for. Um, but those guys played up to the crowd perfectly. Um, you know, we just talked about it, you know, a couple of episodes ago. Big wrestling fans over here. Uh, but mainly of the main federations of WWE and AEW and I guess for me, even Ring of Honor. But to see the little indie promotions and then to see those guys like interact with the crowds, having fun with everybody, even though, like Lewis said, we touched the mat. That thing was brutal. Like, <laughs> as, as someone who's had to perform in the sun, that's a random question if you, or a random thing to say if you guys don't know that I didn't do that. I did Filipino cultural dancing. Um, but, you know, I've been out there where the 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 weather was so affecting to your performance and it's like. They, those guys didn't care. They just went out there to entertain everybody. Uh, your son had a great interaction with one of the uh, luchadors. Yeah. Um, nothing more hilarious, by the way, than a luchador whose mask is a mustache. Like, <laughs> like come on, man. That's, that's gold. Like, he literally looked like a Banda guy that you see, you know, just hanging out at, like, at a bar and something. Like, totally played it up. That guy was super fun. The other guy... Uh, who I don't want to say the nickname I gave for him, but he looked a little bit like Heath Slater. <laughs> and I, I use the word that kind of sounds like Heath, but is a, eh, I don't want to make, you, you <laughs> guys figure it out. If you're clever enough, you guys will figure it out. But uh, yeah, dude, everything else, it, it was just nice to see. Um, great to see the support from the community. That's what's always great about yeah, yeah. any kind, like if you have an event and you've been prom- promoting it and nobody shows up, you feel a little bit down. Absolutely, um, dude. And then, uh, I mean, so far with us, we haven't experienced that too much because everything that we, we try to get ourselves involved with, we promote as much as possible. So that, you know, even if it's not the crowd that we expected, it's still a great crowd. Mm-hmm. So with these guys, as early as it started, I didn't expect that many people to be there that early. And then, um, yeah, the just bad timing with the whole, this just happened to be during the, one of the heat waves in yeah, April. Dude. So, I mean, good for the um, the snow cone people. Yeah. <laughs> and great for the boba tea people. Um, not so much for the guys who are selling, like, super hot foods. Yeah. <laughs> or but the it, bounce house uh, vendor. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, the, the trampoline guys are doing okay because their feet weren't touching the trampoline because they're trying true, to get out right? there as much as possible. But that Millennium Falcon ba- bounce house, A, Man. looked cool as hell. But B was probably a death trap. Yeah, and, dude, I'm sure those kids were cooking in there, dude. <laughs> yeah, like that that inflatable Chewbacca outside, he started deflating. And then <laughs> he started inflating way too much because of all that hot heat. And I was like, dude, I didn't know that we got a life-sized inflatable here because he was expanding. <laughs> so, <laughs> but otherwise, like, yeah, the food is great. Um, you know, big ups to We Can Be Heroes for pulling off this event. Um, unfortunately for us, at least, <clears throat> it got way too hot and we were like dude we we i gotta get into some shade and some air conditioning yeah <laughs> <clears throat> so as much as i wanted to meet ernie reyes jr who obviously is a hero to us here um i, I didn't want to sweat all over the dude even though you know obviously him in both the rundown and surf ninjas he ain't wearing a shirt most of the time so he probably would have been used to it but you don't want to offend the professionals yeah so but yeah, dude, I think uh, you're right. Two things that went against the this little block fest this weekend is obviously, yeah, the heat was ridiculous. And yeah, just getting people out again. And, um, you know, these free events are just that. I mean, that's the best part about these kind of things. You can walk around and get that stuff. So like, it, it's kudos to everybody uh, for, for even putting it together. Uh, Chatsworth, uh, uh, you know, one of those neighborhoods in the valley where it gets you know it gets a decent amount of love but it's not exactly like porter ranch or or encino that's notorious for like oh this is where the rich folks hang out but like you know great for them for pulling it off we had a a great good size stage um los toros one of our you know the local mexican hangouts or or one of our the local staples here had like a beer garden uh which unfortunately i didn't really get to hang out at but uh you know again uh good for the organizers to even think about that because i think you're right just like the just like the shaved ice truck 
um, and and uh, and the boba place, who I'm sure made ha- uh, money hand over fist uh, over the uh, for that day for uh, sh- for shilling out all the cold drinks. I'm sure the beer garden did pretty well for itself too. Uh, but yeah, dude. So looking forward to it next time. I think there was an event in. Um, I think it's in Woodland Hills or Canoga recently. So I'm not sure if this, this is going to be a trend for like uh, city of LA neighborhoods that we're going to start. They're going to start uh, doing these little pop-ups or these little weekend events. But if it is, I mean, more power to them. And if you're a listener of ours, uh, go support. Cause I mean, just like this podcast, they are, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of these vendors are small mom and pop operations trying to shill what they got and, and, and make a, create a fan base. So yeah, go support and uh, be out there. Hopefully, if there are any coming up, let us know, and then like you know, we we, we might even show up or even promote it. Um, and last but not least, for me at least, uh, shout out to you know friend and follower of the podcast, Dan Rochelle, uh, who got us out there, and she's um, actually, I guess, uh, you know, doing doing her thing, uh, writing articles for the Valley Views News. And, you know, we posted her article on our on our Facebook page and, you know, she she covered the event, uh, unlike Harold and I and my kids or and the kids who tapped out at noon because it was too hot. She was still out there, you know, doing her thing, taking pictures, writing, uh, getting interviews and doing all that stuff for her. So kudos, Dan. Congratulations. And um, more power to you uh, in, in this venue, in this, ve- in this venture. Sorry. Uh, you know what city they won't be doing one of these in? What? Uh, my city. No. <laughs> Because what do you as, mean? Because you as much as Sepulveda, maybe no, no, no. <laughs> as much as Robbie from uh, Cobra Kai likes to represent, he's from my me and Dennis's town. Um, <laughs> if they shut down any major street here, there will be probably a murder. <laughs> because oh, this city runs, my, my city runs by the biggest streets here, and it, there's no, there's no area that they could ever shut down. Like they do one for the next city over, which is Panorama City. And they shut down right in front of the mall. And it's good because no one goes to the mall. Yeah. I mean, you know, but um, they did one last week. And like when I went to church, I was like, yes, I go to church. But like when I was going to church, I was like, ooh, I can't get back home because apparently they shut it down for some crappy rides. And, you know, good for the people of Panama City. But um, yeah, it's not flying over here. <laughs> not going to happen. Half, less than half a mile next door. <laughs> not going to happen. But uh, yeah, it's true. All right. Well, that's it for local events. Um, what are, what else did we have for poopery today, dude? I think that's kind of it. Like, oh, um, that was it. Yeah, I yeah. think that was it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, see how organized we are without our uh, our fearless leader here. So, I think for uh, this next part of it, we're going to talk about uh, two of the biggest. Uh, well, at least for pop and for geekdom, uh, two of the biggest shows on streaming in the last few months. Uh, we're going to talk about Moon Knight halfway through its six-episode run and Halo, and our first thoughts of Halo, uh, one of the biggest shows uh, to come out on Paramount+. Plus. Um, so let's start off, I guess, with uh, Moon Knight, because I think for the uh, second half of the show, we're going to talk about uh, other things uh, you know, adjacent to Halo. So let, let's, uh, let's talk about Moon Knight first. Uh, Oscar Isaac's uh, first foray into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or at least the Marvel streaming universe for now. Um, you know, Oscar Isaac, of course, of course, Poe Dameron, um, uh, among other roles, uh, is, is playing, well, he's playing a few people. Uh, he's playing Steven and Mark Spector, as well as the titular hero, Moon Knight. Uh, uh, what, what do we call it? A, a little uh, lose views, I guess, or a little background if you haven't seen the show yet. It's streaming on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I guess he plays a schizophrenic. I'm not sure what to call him. Like I don't uh, know. If multiple personalities. Multiple personality. Okay, he right. Suffers from multiple personality disorder. There you go. So yeah, and it's a very fun, unique look. Uh, of not well, I don't know if uh, having that disorder is fun per se, but you know, yeah, at I least I was gonna fun. say. Yeah, sorry for those with uh, uh, the, the, that uh, disability, but um, you know, at least they, you know, they it makes for fun fodder for this TV show. So, um, yeah, H. So, what do you think about Moon Knight? Uh, like I said, halfway through uh, its six episode run, um, what do you think so far, dude? So my niece yesterday was asking me, should I start watching Moon Knight? And I said, basically, the way they have it right now is it's Marvel's. He's always been like Marvel's kind of uh, version of Batman. Mm-hmm. But this one is Batman with multiple personalities. And you don't know which ones so far, if any of these personalities are evil or good. And, I mean, and you're, you're prone to believe that they're all good. 
but some of the things that he does are a little bit questionable. So you're like, is there more? Is it just you two so far in there, or is there, you know, is there another personality that just happens to be the most evil of all of them? But it's an interesting. It's weird because it's funny, but not. It's it's not supposed to be as funny as some of the things that they end up doing. But man, the action sequences in this show are so far better than a lot of any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, and. That was great to see. It's like, um, like, like I kind of just alluded to earlier. It's if Marvel ever got their hands on the Batman property, and this is how they would portray him, because um, it's the exact opposite of the Dark Knight, because Moon Knight is in all white, so mm-hmm. he he he's not heading in the shadows of anything. Yeah, um, you're gonna see any- him coming. Yeah, if anything, it's like, <laughs> hey, dude, I got a spotlight on me right now. Yeah, um, I don't know if you know this, but there's a giant white blur coming right at you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's Moon Knight was one of the first characters I was ever introduced to as a comic book fan. Really? Okay. Yeah, because when my cousin um was doing his hey, this is the nerd stuff. Anyways, but when <laughs> did I ever tell you that when we were kids we would do a D and D version, uh, like a Marvel version of D and D? No. Okay, so I know you told me your cousin or your uncle owned a comic book shop, which is an incredible flex. Because like, no, 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 my my friends, my friends' dads, they own ones, so they would be like, "Hey, coming in." But even before that, my cousin who got us into Dungeons and Dragons was like, "The best way for us to ease into the Dungeons and Dragons uh, universe is to apply the uh, applying the game with characters that you might know." And he was like, "Okay." I have this Marvel handbook. These are the guys you can pick from. And I went off the bat. I was right off the bat. I was like, uh, I'm going to p- pick this dude named Iron Man because he's like a man of iron. <laughs> but my cousin was like, hey, there's this dude that's like, got like a, you can't even see his face, but I want to try this guy. And so like our team was pretty much the West Coast Avengers at the time. Nice dude. And yeah, that's, that's why I knew them before I knew the Avengers. So it's, it was like that. And I didn't know that, you know, probably 10 or 15 years ago, there was a big resurgence in the character. And so many people were like, yeah, dude, they've made him like a staple in the Marvel universe. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, because he's always been like a side character that had never gotten too much yeah. uh, fanfare over anything. Like in any of the big stories, he was never really ever involved. That's why like, I knew a lot of the side characters before, because if they weren't in any of the X-Men crossovers, if he wasn't in a big Avengers crossover, he wasn't in any Infinity War crossover, I would have no idea who they were. And I was like, dude, how come this dude has like no part in any of this? Because he's kind of cool. He's got batons. That's why I learned the word baton, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) My cousin was like, he has two batons. And I was like, I I don't know what those are, but (laughs) do what you do with those batons, bro. So, but from where it stands right now, I, it's such a trippy and way out there different version of any TV show that they've produced so far mm-hmm. that it was kind of, it's kind of jarring to be honest. Like you never would imagine this, like the violence in Falcon and the winter soldier, I was kind of surprised with. And this one is like kind of upping that way worse. <laughs> so it's like, there's lots of violence in this thing and kind of digging it. So yeah. What did you think Lou? I thoroughly enjoyed it, dude. Like, um, so I don't have the kind of history you do. I'm kind of jealous of uh, playing D&D with Marvel characters now, though. But um, yeah, dude, like uh, like you said, Moon Knight's one of those kind of weird, deep cut, like C-list, C-tier characters that you're right. Like kind of, I guess, kind of like Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist in the last uh, decade or so kind of found a resurgence. And like a lot of these like, um, you know, uh, like noirish kind of, uh, gritty writers kind of took over their, their their those books and kind of made them give them their new lives and kind of in the same way I guess like Oscar Isaac kind of really took this character by storm like I love it, off the bat when they announced that Oscar Isaac was going to play Moon Knight I honestly was surprised because I'm like you know not like not like Oscar Isaac is you know Leonardo DiCaprio or anybody big like that per se but you know he had enough I felt like he had enough pull to like be anybody and anything he really wanted to be i mean shoot like he could probably pull enough strings and say like i want to be the next iron man like or or whatever else that, uh, he wanted to pull but you know instead he decides to be 
like I, like I said, like a, a lower tier character. Like when when you know no, nothing against um I think his name's Matthew Cox, uh but the guy who plays Daredevil on on Netflix, you know like or or even all the defender the Netflix defenders, like all of them were Charlie you know, Cox. Sorry. Charlie Cox, sorry, Mark. I yeah. don't know why I thought of that all of a sudden. But okay. Thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> you know, most of those guys, um, you know, were basically you know no name actors or pretty low tier actors who came into the character and now they more or less are affiliated with it. Uh, especially Charlie Cox, uh, you know, given that he's in Spider Man. But um, you know, but this in this guy in this case, Oscar Isaac's, you know, he's got some pull. He's been in a, in a few movies already. He's been in Dune, obviously, uh, Star Wars, and, and all uh, a bunch of indie and great critically received movies. So, like, we know who he is. So it's like great to me that somebody was invested enough to like really take this on. Um, and I guess it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like Guardians too, in the sense where like nobody knows enough about or Moon Knight wasn't big enough that they're gonna be like beholden to the lore. You know, when 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 they announce they're gonna do a new Star Wars, or I'm sorry, Spider-Man, everybody's like, oh well, you know, they gotta do this part or they gotta do that. Like for Moon Knight, it's like F it. Like, sure, yes, he's schizophrenic and like he completely blacks out. Like that first episode was crazy fun because it's just like like you I kind of had an idea what they were gonna what they were doing uh into the scene but watching it with my kids who had a passing knowledge of moon knight like their characters on some fighting games that we have uh but you know seeing it in action was like jarring for them in a fun way because i'm like i'm glad they found a good hook i think that's the best thing that's that's the biggest part i guess for after freaking what 15 years of comic book movies like finding a new hook for superheroes is going to be really hard like, like you said, like everybody was saying earlier, like Moon Knight's just Marvel's Batman. Um, so like, you know, what's what's going to be different? Oh, so did, did he have? Is he an orphan too, a rich orphan with the fighting skills? Like, no, we're going to make him like, uh, like you said, multiple uh, personality mm. disorder, uh, superhero suit, and a and a Egyptian god who's like a little too hands on uh, for 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 his own good. So uh, I'm hooked. I'm uh, I'm I'm with the show. I'm excited to see where it goes um and yeah i'm i'm good like uh, i think this is actually one of the stronger shows that disney plus had on uh you know if we were to do a tier i think we'll we'll wait for uh when when dennis is with us we'll do a you know the the disney plus shows uh power ranking but i think you know not not that the show's over yet but four episodes into six uh pretty up there dude i'm really happy with what they've done you know the only complaint i have about the show so far what's that is that conchu sounds way too much like venom Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Damn it! Now, now I cannot hear it. I'm sorry. Shoot. <laughs> I'm sorry. And even you're right. Like even the animation of like the suit coming on is like, oh man. <laughs> now, like, oh, but, oh, you poisoned the well. Damn it, Harold. <laughs> dude, but the visuals of every time that guy shows up on screen in the first two episodes, at least, were fascinating, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. The one scene, first the elevator scene, great. But when they did the storage unit scene, as someone who's been in a few storage units where you, you never know if there's someone <laughs> hiding around the corner, um, yeah, that freaked the heck out of me. But it was so good. And I was like, I was like, like episode one was a great setup. Episode two is probably my favorite of the episodes so far, even though there's three, just because there's so much, so much happening. And yeah dude that their version of a chase scene even though i just complained about having a car chase in uh the batman last week uh this car chase scene obviously a lot different because you know the whole blacking out thing was that was good (laughs) yeah fantastic dude that's such a great freaking play like i had no idea what they were going to do with that but that's that's got to be one of the the more creative car car scene chases ever and I do like how, you know, like they, they kind of flipped it on its head on this last episode where, you know, the first few episodes, uh, Stephen had no idea what Mark was doing. And then it flipped it on his head on the last episode where Mark, the 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 mercenary, had no idea what Stephen was doing when he was blacked out. So I'm like, OK, this is fun. Um, I think for me, dude, the only uh, the only issue I might have, if that is Stephen's funky accent. Or Oscar Isaac's choice, but I think it's a choice. Like I think they're trying. I like I don't know if he's trying to go all in on this or whatever, but like 
it's it's fun. It's fun. Like uh, I've seen that uh, that uh, when when Oscar Isaac hosted SNL a few months ago, he was making fun of how casting directors put him as quote unquote ambiguous minority. Mm-hmm. So it's great that like he's just having fun with it. Like he really like I know he's uh, I believe he's Mexican and Ecuadorian or or something like that. But yeah, he could play anybody in anything in this case and just be like. All you can do is a view his shoulder shrug. He's like, yeah, sure, why not? Sure, he has a funky, weird English accent, but maybe it's because yeah, he's only been Steven for like a few years, a few months. So who knows? So yeah, I think that's my only concern. But at the, at this point, I think it's just, it's a choice, I guess. You know, it's actually the opposite with one of my buddies. Um, he heard him. He he just started watching it. We're watching it together, and he's like, oh, I didn't know he was British. I was like, yeah, dude, the whole time and like. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars, he's he's using his uh his American accent. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> and then he's like, oh, even in Dune, I was like, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's like he's the he's the new Tom Holland. Like, <laughs> like you don't even know he has an accent until he until he's in public and he's like, really? I was like, no, dude, he's freaking Hispanic. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> like so, apparently he's doing at least some kind of a job. Yeah, to, he's doing it well enough, to, I guess, <laughs> to convince some people. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's not like. Like Dick Van Dyke Cockney accent in Mary Poppins bag. <laughs> it's not great either, but it's 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 convincing, you know. Yeah, it's there. It's it. Yeah, it's not. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Wanda Maximoff's weird European accent in the the first Avengers, uh, the second Avengers movie. But you're right. It's 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 fine. It's a choice, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, but at least he's maintained his accent throughout the whole time. So you know. that's true. You're right. Exactly. Well, that having like... to do a to do a cheeky joke in the TV show, it's like, didn't you have an accent? Eh, you know. It went away leaving alone. <laughs> yeah, after time everybody's oh, accent goes away. Yeah, a wizard did it. Uh, actually, yeah. really quick story. Uh I was just having a conversation with my dad a few minutes ago, like a couple hours ago. And he this is not to be racist. My father is uh born in the Philippines, came to America at a really young age, learned Eng- his learned English from soldiers in the south, so my dad sounds like Foghorn Leghorn sometimes. <laughs> But he was talking about how his friends still have their Filipino accents. And I was like, you know, I noticed if they come here when they're in their like 20s or 30s, that accent is not leaving, no matter how long you've been in this country. Those guys have been here for 40 or 50 years, and they still have their accents. And I was like, but my friends who have come here when they're a lot younger, you know, pre-teens, around their teens, they've been able to shed the accent. And I used you as an example. And then... um, (laughs) I used um, somebody else that you previously talked about covering a show, uh, of an event, as another example. And I was like, it's not bad per se, but I mean, you can like when, at least for people who are just listening, it's like, oh, I can tell that you have an accent sometimes. Not all the time. Yeah, but, but it's like, there. But those like people of our parents' age and stuff, those guys have accents. That's <laughs> <laughs> so like, yeah. That's not going away. It's like yeah. it's a little too late to disappear now. Yeah, my my mom swears she doesn't, but mm, love you, mom. But uh, still there, but still there. It's okay though. <laughs> you can't just switch it off and let uh, somebody else take the reins, I guess. Um. So yeah, dude. I mean, uh, so far so good. Like I said, one of the better or uh, definitely a, a strong uh show so far. Definitely not uh like it's it 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 went from like maybe I'll watch it to like I said after that first episode. You know, my whole family's hooked. Uh, not to mention, it kind of hits a lot of demographics because um, Ethan Hawke is finally, or is, is one of those actors that, like, I cannot believe they're in the MCU, is in the MCU. So he's the, uh, I guess, the bad guy in this show. And yeah, uh, a lot of the 80s kids were like, are, are, are very happy to see him in this, uh, in this avenue. So yeah, good for him. I'm not sure how long he's going to last, if he's going to have the same effect of like, you know, if he's going to be a kingpin sized uh, bad guy or if he's just going to be a one and done kind of character. We'll see. Uh, I'm not sure if you want to do waste uh, an actor of his caliber for a one and done series. But, you know, we'll see. I I mean, in Marvel, we trust um, and we'll go from there. And my same buddy who asked about uh, Oscar Isaac's accent was like, because he's a little bit younger than us. And he's like, oh, where have I seen Ethan Hawke from? And the first thing I thought of, and I was like, and there's no way he's not going to understand this. And I was like, he's the guy from Training Day that gets thrown in a bathtub. And he's like, 
<laughs> he goes, oh man, that's him. And I was like, I was like, yeah, he's got he had shorter hair back then. You yep, know. Yeah, yeah, a little bit younger. I, like, I go, but the fact that that movie came out twenty years ago, and at the time Ethan Hawke went toe to toe with Denzel Washington, one of the greatest actors of all time, and actually did just as good a job yeah. in that movie as Denzel did. It's like you can never forget performances like that. And but ever since then, he's been doing most for the most part a lot of just art and indie movies or mm-hmm. like or serious dramas. So when you see a character like that, like even Mads Mikkelsen, it's like when they decide that they're going to be part of the MCU, it just seems like it's inevitable for almost everybody. And I said inevitable, like I'm that guy. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, not those it's just <laughs> like, like you said, Oscar Isaac at the time when he signs on for this thing, main character in the biggest franchise of all time, like, what one of the main three characters of the the new uh, star wars trilogy and it's like like you said he could have his pick of anything and he decides himself this is the character i want to play and i'm going to produce this show if yeah. you guys are with it then that's cool <clears throat> but otherwise i'm doing this and you know you know let me know how you guys feel about it and they were like okay one of the yep. one of the big actors wants to do this let's, yeah let's sure yeah if, if you're kevin feige you're like uh sure good Here's a check. Go for it, man. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I'm looking forward to see how he fits with the rest of the Marvel universe. I think, like, just the way that, yeah, again, the different characters, Steven and Mark. Mark, uh, the the Mar- the mercenary, one of the two major uh, main personalities. Again, like Harold said, who knows? Like, I guess from the comic books, he's got like at least half a dozen that he can shuffle through. But um, you know, Mark seems to be a pretty standard uh you know mercenary or hero kind of character. But I'm looking forward to having Steven tag in and out and seeing how he interacts with the rest of the MCU. Cause I think that's half of the fun of these Marvel movies, especially the Avengers movies is seeing how all these different characters kind of uh, meld and, and talk and, and work with each other. So yeah, I think the next phase of the MCU is in pretty safe hands, uh, pretty solid hands, if I may say, um, you know, it, especially with, like I said, with the combination of the, the new blood coming in, the new characters, uh, a lot of the, um, uh, torches being passed to the uh, next generations or the next uh, iterations of the heroes too. So yeah, uh, I think uh, and not like anybody was uh, was saying that they were uh, dead, but yeah, MCU is looking strong. Oh, and, who's and got the cooler suit, Stephen or Mark? Good question, dude. That's a good question. I I kind of dig Stephen's suit. I do, dude. I don't know why, dude. <laughs> I mean, so I know much, yeah, he's dude. fighting in a suit suit. <laughs> <laughs> to roll up his sleeves he looks like yeah a, dude like a waiter at a, at a wedding <laughs> like a, i know the best part too is like you know all the promotional ads has the suit suit like look making it look like he's such a badass but then you know he he opens his mouth or he starts talking and was like oh this is adorable <laughs> like, this makes it even better dude like yeah a little cockney like freaking mr bean trying to fight with super strength and whatnot in a, in a, in a three piece suit. I'm like, all right, I dig it. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the first episode, when Mark finally suits up in the, uh, you know, the classic or the traditional uh, superhero outfit, still freaking amazing uh, for a, fi- for a, almost an hour long episode. I think that first episode was about uh, 50, 55 minutes. So like, we didn't even see the moon Knight until the last two minutes. But again, I think that's the power of, you know, the, the way that this movie, uh, the show is made is like, you're hooked. You you want to keep watching. You want to see what's happening and kind of go from there. So yeah, uh, good question, H. But yeah, I think I dig I dig the suit a little bit more. I'm looking forward to having to seeing that at the comic cons. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody and their moms. That, gonna pull that's that gonna be that's unfortunately the uh, the negative about this is that's gonna be the new suit. Like everybody's gonna rock. Um, yeah. Even the husky dudes who can't tie their ties <laughs> at the top. You gotta Who go can't up, quite pull it off. You gotta pull four <laughs> buttons down the thing. Yeah. Uh, the vest doesn't quite close on them, but you know, yeah. they, they try. <laughs> parts It'll be that and the Riddler costume are, are gonna be like all over the co- uh, oh, So it's, you're gonna be duct tape or you're in a suit, right? Yeah, exactly. It's one of the two. It'll be like the Harley Quinn of uh, of Comic Cons again <laughs> for dudes, right? Yeah, but for dudes, exactly, exactly. Oh, can you imagine a hot girl wearing the suit? Yeah. I'm looking forward to yeah. Oh my god, you're right, dude. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for the, anybody that offends. But as like but if you're like, Oscar Isaac look, looks great in a suit, but I think the Maggie would look great in the suit, or what her name in the show is Layla. Yes. Oh, by the way, oh, every time dude. 
Every yeah. time I see her name, her real name on the screen, I keep laughing that her last name is the way you'd say squid in Italian <laughs> if you had problems pronouncing R's. <laughs> her, her last name is Kalamawi. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> you, would, I, you would see that. I don't know. And I know that's going to ruin it for a lot of people here. <laughs> and that's what I do. And that's that's what, what he does. That's what the show has me for, guys. <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, that's uh, that. Good talk about Moon Knight. Let's uh, move on to one of the other big, uh, big names that dropped on streaming in this last month. Halo, uh, one of the big, uh, you know, unique IPs that come on Paramount Plus. Uh, you know, again, another contender for the stream, the, the you know, kind of getting crowded streaming service uh, plat- platform. Um, so yeah, based on the Xbox exclusive video game, um, you know, Halo dropped a few weeks ago. Uh, Harold has had a chance to watch the first episodes. I've actually watched a few of the episodes, but I'm not going to spoil it for H. But um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, of uh, Halo. At least our first impressions of the newest show. What do you, uh, I'll let you go first, H. Um, I always remember that when Peter Jackson said he was going to make a Halo movie was one of the most exciting, like. I'd never been more excited for a future property ever because a Peter Jackson and his Weta digital uh-huh. and then B obviously the game that I'm sort of decent at and have been playing for about 20 years. Um, so that was a, <laughs> you know, kind of excited for that. And then when it fell through, I was like, ah, oh, dude. And then he, they ended up making, um, what's that movie with Matt Damon that, that ended up there, there's a movie that Matt Damon made. That ended up being what the Halo movie was kind of supposed to oh, be. Oh, uh, God. I see it in my head. I cannot, uh, I can't remember now. Yeah, but that movie. So yeah. uh, from the creator of um, District 9. So like that was supposed to have been, oh, it was supposed to be Neil Blomkamp doing Halo with yes. Peter Jackson Weta doing it. And I was like, dude, perfect. Sort of been so good. But, anyways, this is what we ended up getting. And um, the only, thing that right off the bat i didn't know it was going to be as violent as it was like um if you play halo there's not really a lot of blood and guts because everybody's either in a spartan thing mm-hmm. or they're in a covenant uh you know body so you don't really see too much and this one right off the bat i was like oh that person exploded <laughs> i was like that dude just got shanked and yep. it is it's getting gross <laughs> but like the overall look and the overall feel feels like you're playing the video game. And I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing yet, because I'm still in the first episode. Um, one of the running jokes from when they made the doom movie uh, with the rock and Carl Urban was uh, the best part of doom was when they went into first person perspective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so many people loved that, but at the same time, so many people hated that part. So when it goes into FPS, and I actually use the FPS here, um, when it goes into the FPS here, I was like, dude, this is fascinating because, you know, obviously you play the game a lot and the sounds are so distinct. Like when the Master Chief actually takes damage, it sounds like he's taking damage in the game. Um, I don't know if they're trying to pander too hard because that was literally one of those things. I was at work when I watched this and I went... <laughs> <laughs> no, same uh, dude. When same. he took the when he took the damage and then he waited for his shields to armor back up, I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna close my eyes and you know relive Imagine. that over and over again. Uh, but for what it is right now, it's really I don't know where the story is gonna go, um, because Lewis and his son and I had a conversation a couple of days ago at the comic convention that Harold uh, doesn't play campaign. Uh, i don't i i actually played the campaign when there's like when the internet's down that's literally one only time i play a campaign um even now the campaign on halo infant was supposed to be really good and i played it for like uh 45 minutes and i was like like i was telling lewis's kid i need to know that the person on the other end of me shooting in the video game is a real life person so i can talk trash to them because when you when you kill an ai it's like eh, it's not satisfying so not i've never really been too much into any campaign of any first player first person shooter game because i've always been about wow i am a multiplayer player um but with this it kind of makes me want to just go back and be like well maybe i just can see how the storyline actually progresses here it might be different it might be and for all i care right now this is the storyline that i'm going to go with because i don't know anything better so 
how it is right now, my buddy described it best. It's like a Star Trek because it's a little more serious. So Star Trek mixed with Starship Troopers, where it's like the blood and gore of Starship Troopers, some of the humor a little bit, but the uh, technical prowess of a Star Trek series. So right now it's interesting. I really wanted if there was more time at work and I didn't actually have to do work at work, uh, I would have watched more episodes. But um, from where from where I am right now, I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. Yep, um, I agree. First episode, honestly, off the bat was a pleasant surprise because, like, I, besides that scene where it did get into like FPS and they, we, you know, we, they pulled out the uh, the the freaking laser sword, and you know, we see the guns that we're all familiar with, even the sniper rifle. I was like geek because it's just like okay, they they recognize the source material and we see it. It's and I love how tactical everything feels like master chief feels like an eight foot monster and like you know the, in 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 that first scene when he finally drops from the ship and you know he, he starts fighting off the covenant um you know the, the 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 crowd or the the regular people are in awe and i think that's what it's supposed to be so i dig that a lot um like like you said to h actually to be honest when we when halo infinite first dropped last christmas oh god it's been that long since it dropped um you know just out of curiosity like i wanted to kind of refresh myself on the lore because i was like okay well maybe if i don't even if i don't get to play the campaign at least i kind of want to know what it is but it seems to be one of those like it's kind of confusing dude it's almost convoluted because there's been like uh five in the main halo series like halo one through five uh two reach games and you know a, a couple of tactical like you know top down tactical game uh tactical games so it's like uh it seems like a lot so i don't know how they're gonna really get to uh, make it work for tv but uh, i'm sure they have somebody doing it for them or they're, they're, they're gonna come up with a good hook hopefully and and keep people coming i mean paramount plus is you know uh big uh big get is that they have all the star trek shows which obviously you know it, it's all about space lore and space opera and space drama so if anybody's going to do it I, I guess it's those folks over there so yeah more power to i'm looking forward to seeing where the series goes i'm actually not sure how many episodes this uh they're coming out with for this one but I, again first episode i was hooked uh the characterization and like i said the look of it just feels like halo so very yeah. fun for me at least you know the uh you know me being the dork i am um when the little girl or teenager or whatever gets a hold of a battle rifle or a br as we say uh -huh. um she shoots a display and i immediately got angry because <laughs> i was like the br only shoots shoots and burst and she yep. obviously used an auto there and i was like if there was a possible way for the br and halo to do that then all of us would be owning, but instead it's a burst fire. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to pander to everybody, pander a little bit harder because um, we have little people complaining like me over here. But for the <laughs> most, like everything else, though, it, it was like, yeah, they they actually put the weapons into real world stuff. I remember one of the biggest complaints when the first the trailer first dropped was they, they someone said, the first weapon you show anybody holding in a Halo show is an AK-47. I was like, dude, that spits on everything that everybody knows about this. Uh -huh, uh -huh, and then when yeah. it, when the Master Chief actually drops and he has an AR, I was like, oh, that's it. That's it. I was like, there's a <laughs> stuff. Oh, and I was like, and then his his uh, other lieutenant or whoever uh, part of his team has a sniper rifle. And I was like, ooh. And I was hoping someone like, you know, just to fancy myself would yell no scope or anything. But <laughs> uh, not quite yet. Yeah, we'll get there. I'm hoping, maybe eventually. And then I need to see him start stealing more uh, covenant weapons and using them like dual wielding, much as the other previous incarnations of the game, not the more recent ones. But like, yeah, yeah, someday, yeah, someday we'll they'll they, really, they'll yeah, really let's be... see if a melee to the back of the character is actually a really. Uh, that's the other thing is my <laughs> other complaint was uh, his melee was a little weird. I was yeah. like, I was like, <laughs> I've been meleeing in this game for 20 years. That's not how you mail it, bro. Come on. You're a programmer, friend. Do your research, guy. Come on. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, great conversation about Halo. Looking forward to where the rest of it goes. But to close out today's episode, um, speaking of Halo and speaking of our, uh, uh, our gripes with accuracy and all that, we wanted to talk about uh, video game inter uh, adaptations. 
Um, in the last few months, uh, we've actually had a, a couple of really great showings for video game adaptations in theaters. Uh, we've had Uncharted uh, featuring uh, Dennis's favorite Tom Holland, uh, as well as Sonic 2 uh, in theaters, which, uh, you know, top, you know, top the, the top the theater marks um, for their for their weekends. But, you know, that's not exactly, you know, that's not exactly the history of uh, video games and, and adaptations uh, in the last uh, few decades. So, yeah, H, uh, you know, you came up with this idea or we're talking about uh, video game adaptations and, and the varied successes it's had. So, um, yeah, why don't you go ahead and take it away, dude? Um, yeah, we're just going to briefly talk about this because we're uh, not really so much running out of time, but it's getting there. Um, but the running joke had always been that no matter how great the property, the movie or the adaptation was always going to be trash. And that started literally with the very the biggest video game of all time getting one of the worst movies of all time being Super Mario Brothers. Um, everybody had anticipated this movie because Bob Hoskins is perfect as Mario. Uh, Don Leguizamo, not so much as Luigi, but hey, you know, he's there. And then when they said, we're going to have uh, King Koopa be played by isn't it Dennis Hopkins, I'm like, uh, okay. And you're not going to put him in a suit or anything? No, we're just going to put spikes on his head and just assume he's, uh, he, he's that guy. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. So this is what we're going with. And then you see the Goombas as giant things that no one Gigantic will be able to eight foot things like how oh, okay. is he supposed to smash on their heads bro like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, phys- it's physically impossible here um so from then it always been like okay we're, we have the next biggest movie of all time let's see if we can screw this up and it was street fighter and uh to some varying degrees it's a great camp movie um but overall from the source material where you could have just a bunch of people fighting and stuff um they didn't so much deliver like you know it was it was a thing so uh, up until mortal Kombat, which was the first decent and actually pretty good video game adaptation everything else after that had just been garbage Mm -hmm. and it was always like dude how are they going to disappoint us again and then more and more they had just been uh trying to get themselves out of that rut and i'd always figured this is the the theory that I've come up with is they can make a great video game movie as long as it's not about a fighting game series. Because anytime they make fighting game series movies, it seems to be basura. <laughs> like, like, have you ever seen Tekken? No. I totally forgot that was even a thing, dude. But yeah, um, I remember that that came out and yeah. They had it, 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 of course, dude. <laughs> Um, and it is, uh, so anyways, yeah, uh, there was a, <laughs> there's also, you know, but what I've also learned is that when they don't make movies, direct video game adaptations, not about the stories, but incorporating the characters, those are some of the most fun movies just because of the nostalgia factor. And I think, I still think that the best one out of all of them is Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. Oh yeah. Perfectly encapsulates what you should love about a video game movie where you're seeing the characters having fun. You're seeing the characters as you kind of see them in the video game, but interacting with each other. And I was like, dude, this is, this is kind of the arcade of my dreams over here. And ever since then, they've had like movies have had varying degrees of success, but I will always say that uh, Wreck-It Ralph is one of the best. And up until then I had always been like, that's pretty much the best video game adaptation until I saw Sonic the very first Sonic the Hedgehog, and I was like, this is, I was like, they it, they had a chance to do Super Mario Brothers. If they have a chance to do Super Mario Brothers, they should do it the way they did with Sonic. Like, interacting with other people in the real world, maybe not so much, but in terms of a, an actual storyline, in terms of really pushing into the nostalgia factor and really making you remember what you loved about the series in the first place and about the characters. So. Uh, with Halo, I'd like to believe that they're working in that direction now. Like I said, they've been pandering a lot to fanboys for this thing, um, me being one of them. So if this is the path that they're taking for video game adaptations, um, I'm all for it. As long as it's A, somewhat close to the source material, but B, they know the fan base and then they they can uh, entertain that fan base. 
Yeah, I I I think ad- adapting video games it's just a funky thing, dude. It's because like for the most part, the best or at least uh, you know the early '80s '90s video games. I mean, what made them so endearing was the gameplay. Like you're actually playing. You're it, you're technically part of the story when you're playing the video game. Like you're dictating where Mario goes, or you know you're you're this you're deciding which uh which starter uh, Pokemon you're gonna choose and kind of go from there. Yes, obviously there's a <clears throat> a path that you can take or whatnot, but like it's the, you're part of the story already. So I think yeah, dude, like it's a it's a weird it's a weird line you got to toe as, as 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 for video game adaptations because you're right, like. The reason we love Street Fighter as gamers or as fans isn't because, you know, Guile is trying to fight and Bison for nefarious reasons or whatever. It's because we love the competitiveness or we love the gameplay. We love, the, you know, the, the technical a- aspect of like uh, a freaking a, a, a jumping roundhouse into a sweep or, you know, whatever cheesy crap you guys pulled on me in the arcades back then. Um, but, you know, it's. So it's hard to kind of uh, uh, cat or find a story to, to to really get into it. I mean, a lot of the more recent games, like Tomb Raider, even the Uncharted game, like, unfortunately, uh, like I said, I haven't actually seen the Uncharted movie, but apparently, you know, it, it did pretty well in theaters. But I think that's the benefit of the more recent adaptations or at least uh, movies based on more recent video games is that, like, the story is already baked in. Like, if if they ever make a God of War like it's literally in the story already. It's almost a one to one. Like here's the story you can tell, um, you know, and the, the 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 people watching it just don't have to play the game anymore. You just kind of watch it. Uh, but I think for those older games, like you said, like Sonic was a perfect example of it. I think for me personally, one of my better uh, favorite adaptations in recent memory was Detective Pikachu. Like I don't know how they like. If you think of it, like there, it was great because it was like it was thrust into the world. There's no like weird, oh, there's a different world where I don't belong in. It's like, it's there. Like Pokemon exists. It is what it is. And here's a story, a hook to get you in it. And, and yes, like half of the appeal, I'll be perfectly honest, was how freaking adorable they 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 rendered the, the Pokemon. Um, so like, that was a great hook. Cause like, if you can't get, if you got the kids in there already making the, 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 you know the sorry the, the the Pokemon as adorable as possible, and obviously having Ryan Reynolds voice the, one of the main characters is going to get the parents in and 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 seated or seated. So you know that's actually one of my favorite adaptations. And uh, on on your note too, dude. So like I think you want to talk about it. And I'd love to jump in on it too. Um, just like Wreck It Ralph, one of my favorite or at least one of the better uh, video game adaptations isn't even based on a video game. It's Ryan Reynolds free guy it is uh you know it was in theaters late last year it's it's on streaming i believe on hulu and hbo max and right disney now plus. and oh and disney it's, plus it's Not everywhere yeah. it's everywhere uh just like ryan reynolds he's everywhere as yes. well um you know it's it's again one of those it's a great send-up to modern video games like if if you've been around for the last five years you know what the freak uh uh you know uh, video games are and 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 what these references are first person shooters and open world players and pvp and all that good stuff so uh yeah it, it, it was a great send-up to all the games in the last decade but again just like detective pikachu it had heart so it had like a great character in the middle and it kind of built around it so um definitely i think maybe that's what they should look forward to in or not look forward to but build around is kind of like the marvel movies is you got to find a good hook that'll get everybody in like the aesthetics of it you know iron man suiting up or captain america being buff as hell that's obviously a great aesthetic look and then that that's going to get uh some of the fanboys in but you got to have a hook you have to have you know a little bit of tragedy or a little bit of a heart to kind of keep the people coming back or or applauding it so yeah it can't just be john claude van damme swearing he's going to fight rose julia anymore or or um Shoot, I can't even remember the name of the the, the lady who played uh, in Resident Evil. Um, you know, chasing Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich, thank you. Chasing zombies for two hours. You know, th- there's only so much of that you can do. So you gotta, you can kind of have to find heart. Which again, I, uh, sorry, before I digress, but like, uh, no offense, the first Resident Evil movie I thought was actually pretty decent because that was yeah, that's what I enjoyed was, that one. I enjoyed, that enjoyed one. the first two Resident Evil movies. I was gonna say, like the first two, by the third one and the fourth and fifth i was like oh they're still making these movies okay yeah um, one just came out last year did they really oh my gosh wow okay, but it was raccoon city so it was actually 
trying to adapt from the storyline. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't okay. Yeah, my I remember my cousin specifically said that he's wasn't gonna watch Spider Man because it opened the same weekend as uh, Raccoon City, and I was like. Well, you have your priorities straight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know who you are, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knows who. Yeah. <laughs> like even with like the like the Mortal Kombat movie that we all watched together last year, it, it was like for the most part, a lot of us are expecting um, the characters that we know and love, and that's why kind of people were turned off with that movie. Was the main character ends up not being a part of the video game, uh, uh, like the original video game, the original source material. So it's like. Yeah, it's nice to create a new character, but if you're promising Mortal Kombat, we want to see the characters from Mortal Kombat. That's mm-hmm. why I think for more than anything else, besides it being a terrible movie, Super Mario Brothers was such a flop was because you have the name Super Mario Brothers, the move, the game that everybody, everybody had. No matter what version you had, there was always going to have a version of Super Mario Brothers in your house somewhere. And you put the promise of at least something similar to what the game you're playing is and none of that pans out at all it's like yeah it's like yeah they have super shoes to jump no nah, dude just let them jump high yeah no one cares Real- they were trying to make it too reality based and that's that's usually where everything fails is like uh you know keeping it a little bit too close to the vest not um honoring the source material as well like that's the stuff that we fall in love with why change it yeah 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 if it ain't broke you know don't fix it yeah i'm all for creativity and originality unless the um source material that you're pulling from is beloved so Mm -hmm. like make us stay in love with it not make us fall out of love with it so yeah yeah I mean, so yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't think they're going to stop making video game adaptations. It's definitely one of those, like my, or, you know, it's a well, just like comic books and, and, and actual, you know, fiction, uh, or books where they're going to adapt it till people stop showing up. I mean, and not to mention, yeah, with the recent success of Sonic two in theaters, as well as uncharted and what, and whatnot. Um, yeah, I'm sure they're going to keep making them. So, I mean, more, and I think there are. I'm not sure if they greenlit or if they're even going to move forward with a second Mortal Kombat movie. Cause I think, yes, uh, as much as the first movie was, you know, it wasn't universally loved, um, but I think it was successful enough that people might be coming back for more. So yeah. Uh, excited to see what they do with that. Um, Halo obviously is still doing its thing. And to be honest, dude, thank you for bringing up doom. I, I totally forgot about that too, but there's parts of the doom. Uh, I'm sorry, of the Halo TV show when I'm thinking, you know, doom is just an adaptation waiting to happen like just do the re, same thing redone yeah re, right redone like just do what you're doing with halo but make it space horror like i guess i mean yeah, yeah the, horror the, the, horror horror exactly you don't gotta like pay the, extra the, for the, that. The, the way that the halo show did the covenant aliens look great um the armor for Mar- master chief looks awesome uh, so that, yeah that, that's actually one of my complaints is uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the original Guyver movie with Mark Hamill. No, I don't uh, think so I have. Remember dude. Guyver was an, an anime from the yes. 80s yeah, and 90s, yeah. but they made a, a live action movie with Mark Hamill in the early 90s. And uh, the suits were very reminiscent of how the Halo suits look now. <laughs> oh, so I was no. like, 30 years later, man, you can figure out, like, maybe, <laughs> maybe make it a little bit less rubbery looking. <laughs> and also uh don't hire travis kelsey as the uh, master chief so oh. <laughs> i don't know if he's i don't know who that guy is um that's i remember like in our halo chat the my, our one my one buddy was like he took off his helmet he's like oh come on <laughs> he was like i'm in uproar i'm gonna throw my that. controller through the screen for this yeah i love your friend for doing that I'm like oh i, I guess so you're right he, he never does take it off in the games but um i guess he's gonna be i thought it was actually gonna be a little bit more like uh the mandalorian where it's supposed to be the big reveal of like taking his helmet off but yeah i guess the the cat's out of the bag after the first episode so yeah you know and what really, master chief looks like really so far the show i've only seen the first episode but it's really really mandalorian-esque like yeah it's a little it's getting a little too scary i hope they change a lot of things right now yeah because uh the little the girl is basically grogu yeah um because i'm an know, orphan <laughs> yeah you know well she is now oh. yeah. 
But he wasn't so much. He wasn't when the show, the show started. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I I really hope that from now on they just keep they keep the quality up at least where you, yeah you're looking forward to these movies and not disappointed when the actual product comes out. So, uh, yeah, let's yeah, let's I, keep let's keep Halo. I hope Halo gets good or stays good, stays well. And then anything else that comes afterwards, you know, like I said, don't don't veer too far away from the main path and just stick to what everybody liked in the first place. So yeah. go with that. Let's go. All right. More to it. Um, all right. Well, that's it for us tonight. Um, again, uh, thanks, H, for hosting tonight's episode. Uh, then uh, hope you have fun on your vacation, dude. You deserve it. Uh, working your butt off at work and for the podcast. Uh, but yeah, hope, uh, next time you hear us, it'll be the group back again uh, with Kersha and um, yeah, more fun stuff from there. So if you enjoyed this episode, I'm trying to remember what Dennis says at this point. Uh, if you enjoyed, you can find all of our past episodes at do2fanboys1casual.podbean.com. There you go. And on Facebook, find us and follow us to fanboys and a filthy casual. Just pop that into the search bar at our main page and our very active uh, group page where like minded nerds, geeks, fanboys, gamers all come together and share all the uh, all the news out there. And then you can find us as usual on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at two fanboys, one casual. And then anywhere you find your regular and favorite podcast, we are there as well. And then catch me streaming at twitch.tv slash casual fanboy gaming. I'll try go. not to be as terrible as I am. <laughs> hey, dude, rebirth looks tough, man. I mean, I don't know. Like... Yeah, but I still won because okay. I'm a winner. <laughs> all right dude well that's it for tonight i uh, hope you guys all had uh had fun listening along with us um again this is lewis this is harold we're just missing dennis because he is in arkansas <laughs> he loves that part of the country 